And Dr. Lance Kutia joins us on the line now. Thanks for your time this morning, Doctor. Uh, great, great pleasure. Good morning. Doctor, firstly, how common is prostate cancer among South African men? Uh, it's, it's very common. It's the most common uh, cancer, apart from skin cancer, in, uh, in black South African men and the second most common in, in, uh, in white men. Um, so it's, uh, the incidence is roughly one in, one in six men. Um, and it's uh, a little known fact that it's roughly 30% more common than, uh, than breast cancer is in women. <clears throat> And, and and that's quite significant. And just looking at uh, this new um, surgery, uh, the uh, introduction of robotic surgery, uh, what is its main function at the urology hospital currently? Well, the the, uh, the main function is in the uh, in the treatment and uh, potential cure of early prostate cancer. And this is a treatment that has really taken over um, the the management of early prostate cancer around the world. <clears throat> uh, we were a couple of years behind uh, other countries like the United States, Europe, and Australia in introducing robotic surgery, but uh, successfully introduced it roughly two years ago. And the the main advantage really is that the dangers of or the potential complications of uh, prostate cancer surgery in the past were often uh, impotence in men and a relatively high uh, rate of incontinence up to 20%. And with the the precision of the robotic surgery, um, these uh, complications have been significantly reduced. And this has been the finding around the world, really, where uh, the the fears that men have of uh, being incontinent of urine and being impotent have uh, been reduced, uh, well, incontinence to less than 1% and impotence uh, pres- or potency preservation now uh, is realistically in men that are potent before the surgery in up to 90% of, uh, of patients. So, yeah, the fears that men have had in the past and, and very often the reason why I think men... Uh, don't go for uh, routine examinations um, because of the fear of uh, being diagnosed and the complications of the treatment have to a large extent been uh, reduced significantly. So what did you do before robotic surgery and how is it different now with technology? Well, the, yeah, the previous surgery that we did was it was open surgery, either abdominal surgery or transperineal surgery, which uh, held the, the risks of uh, significant bleeding and uh, because of uh, the, that mainly and, and because of the difficulty in the anatomy, um, there was often a risk of, uh, especially in, in inexperienced hands, of uh, damage to urinary uh, control uh, muscles and nerves and, and blood vessels that controlled uh, erectile function. Um, with robotic surgery now, the vision uh, that we have has been improved dramatically um, and the, uh, for the first time we, uh, we have uh, this 3D vision and magnification up to tenfold where we can actually see the nerves, see the, the blood vessels and, uh, and preserve them. 
you know, and, and uh, we've seen uh, reduced blood loss of 50 to 100 milliliters versus uh, often a liter or more in, in uh, the old surgeries. So we, the patients are not having blood transfusions. They are literally out of hospital within 36 to 48 hours versus the old surgery where they were often in, in ICUs and hospital for up to seven days and uh, six, six weeks off work, whereas now we, we've seen patients returning to work in a week to 10 days. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's really quite dramatic. And what has your success rate been and, and, and some of the feedback that you've gotten from your patients? Well, the, the interesting thing is that this whole move to, with the robotic surgery around the world has, has to a large extent been patient-driven because of the improved outcomes and, and uh, you know, the patients uh, these days are doing their homework and, and with the internet available and so on, they uh, they are not just uh, subjecting themselves to treatments uh, uh, at the recommendation of, uh, of their doctors anymore. And, um, the, the patients have, have done really well, and, and you know the patients talk to one another, and they uh, and that to a large extent is driving this whole uh, this whole move, um, which is actually what one wants. Yeah. Uh, uh, Doctor Kutia, uh, you know, is there any message for men out there in terms of you know um, availing themselves more readily to go for screening, etc.? Yes, the, you know the the recommendation really is uh, that all men over the age of fifty should be screened uh, on an annual basis. And if there's a history of prostate cancer in the family, the incidence increases quite dramatically. And we then start screening men at, at about the age of forty. Um, and I think the big message is really that early prostate cancer is completely asymptomatic. So, you know, if one waits until you are having difficulty either passing urine or, or having pain, then one often misses the boat and, and uh, misses the opportunity of picking up prostate cancer at an early stage when it can be successfully cured with preservation of quality of life. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think with a new treatments available now, a lot of the fears that men had in the past have, as I said earlier, been uh, negated and uh, men should really uh, go for for screening because this is one of the big killers um, amongst men. Uh, doc- in the productive years of their life. Dr. Katia, you just a quick question here from one of our listeners, Paniza Lutuli, and he asks, um, what are the symptoms and can anything be done to prevent uh, prostate cancer? Yes, uh, yeah, those are both two very good and relevant questions. The, uh, the answer to the first one, uh, as I mentioned, is uh, that there are no symptoms in the early stages. And this is, uh, this is a very worrying thing and, and uh, why men often miss the boat because they think that if they don't have symptoms that there's nothing wrong. Um, and this is where the screening comes in. Um, and... In terms of prevention of prostate cancer, there have been a number of trials done uh, in, in the United States where we've had a look at uh, the possibility of preventing uh, prostate cancer. And unfortunately, none of these trials have uh, shown that there, there's any way of, of preventing the disease. Um, you know, unfortunately, at this stage, uh, the, uh, all we have is, you know, if one can pick it up early and manage it successfully, 
uh, you know, then uh, you know the the mortality rates have come down significantly in countries that have done that, but we can't prevent it, unfortunately.